Welcome to Studying the Song, a podcast to help musical theater actors figure out what to sing and how to sing it so that you shine in your audition, one-woman show, or leading role. My friends, talent and passion are only the beginning. I believe there is freedom in preparation. I believe that when you put in the work, practice the skills, and do the research, something amazing happens. You become so prepared in your craft that you become unstoppable. In this podcast, I want to give you the tools and skills to create a powerful audition book that showcases your artistry and actually gets you work. I want you to feel totally at home reading the musical score of a show, and I want to help you define your unique artistic voice. Consider me your own personal vocal coach in your earbuds, cheering you on and bringing you the reality checks you need along the way. I'm Corey Yamaoka, and I'm so excited to be walking this journey with you. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to episode one of Studying the Song. Um, Today's episode is going to be just me letting you know what the show is going to be about, I think, right now. I mean, things change, but, um, and since it's not really a teaching-y kind of topic where you go A, B, C, and then here's the result, I'm just going to be weaving together different ideas and stories, and hopefully by the end of it, you will know um, through an impressionist sort of way what this show is going to be about. So... Let me begin with, you know how when you are in a new class or you're doing a workshop or you're at like a work, um, like team building event or something like that, and they start with an icebreaker that's like, would you rather eat a whole lime or eat a raw potato? And everybody has to answer lime or potato and why, and you learn about each other, et cetera. Well, one of the icebreaker questions that I've come across um, that actually did something for me is if you were to have a superpower, what superpower would it be? And I'm not really like into the hero's superpower, um, uh, Marvel, all that kind of stuff. But I thought for me, and it's super nerdy, my superpower would be, I want to know every song that's ever been written. And I want to know who wrote it and who was the singer that premiered it. And I want to know Um, what show it's from, if it's from a show, I want to know which artists covered it, all of that. I just want to be like the encyclopedia of all of that information. And I just want to have it like in a Rolodex that I can just access in my brain super quickly. Because the other thing that I love to do is to look at a singer and figure out what song is going to match them and like match their essence and what they can do vocally. I want to be able to find the perfect song that shows off their strengths and hides their faults and gives them something to sort of stretch their abilities on. So that would be my superpower, like an encyclopedic knowledge of every song, musical theater, jazz, pop. Um, I'm not super into opera, so I'm going to leave that um, alone. But yeah, the other ones I'm, I'm would really want to know. And then additionally, the superpower of being able to match the perfect song with each singer. Story number two about encyclopedias. When I was going into third grade, we had just moved to a new city. We were actually living in Encinitas, California. And I don't know why, but I spent the summer 
reading our kids encyclopedia book, like reading certain articles, like I remember one was about polar bears and I would read like the five paragraphs in the encyclopedia. And then I would write a little book report or a little like a research report about what I found, the different facts about polar bears. And then I would turn them in to my mom. And I did this for fun, you guys. Strange, I know. And then when I entered third grade in this new city, new school, never been there, I gave these reports to my teacher as like extra credit assignments in advance of having done anything in the class. So I obviously have an affinity for and a fascination with research and bringing together facts and putting them together in a, in a way that I can present to other people. So that's another part of this impressionist painting of what this podcast is about. Um, then when it comes to music, I started playing piano when I was eight and I have played ever since. And then I came to singing after that. And um, I love music, but I specifically love songs because the combination of singing and accompaniment because of the lyrical addition to melody, which you get to be so much more specific with actually telling a story and moving a plot and having a character and all of those things. So why, why I love songs, um, or what I think is so special and fascinates me about them is that you've got what's on the page that the composer and lyricist have put down for you. And that's melody, it's notes, it's the rhythm and it's the harmony. And some composers have written them um, as like a basic outline, and it's known that you bring a little bit more personal stylization to it. Other composers, it's very much appropriate to sing exactly what has been written on the page. But for both sets, what's on the page still is not music until a singer brings it to life. And so Though I love the song itself, and that is the beginning and the root of every wonderful performance, what's so cool about singers is that they bring it into that three-dimensional world, and their vocal choices and the techniques that they employ and their, their inner life, the mind, like what's going on in their mind as they're singing it, um, you know, actors call them um, actions and, and tactics and all of those things, but... Um, it adds a whole new dimension to the song that the composer and lyricist cannot achieve just by writing it down on paper. Even if you sing the song exactly as they wanted it, it will never be complete unless you bring yourself to the song. So that's amazing about working with singers. Third story. I don't know if it's the third story or the fourth story. I love watching performers and seeing what is it about them that sets them apart from other performers. So we'll, I'll watch like a lot of live concerts and things um, on YouTube or on um, TV or, you know, we had uh, cable and there's the show Austin City Limits, which has all these cool bands. And you just get to see all these different people as they're coming up and just kind of like getting closer and closer to defining and discovering what sets them apart from everybody else. And then when they get that, I mean, they just skyrocket, right? Sort of how they reach that tipping point. And I just, I think there's so many different voices, 
different ways of singing, different stories and skills and experiences that everybody has. And each singer is like a totally unique, as unique as a fingerprint. And I, when I'm working with singers, I feel like they want to be like another singer. They don't think they're good enough and they are listening to recordings of singers that they love, which they should. And they're modeling what they're doing after that person, which is a part of the process. But I want them to get over that and come back to themselves and figure out what it is, what's their point of view? How would they interpret the song? And this is like one of the the pitfalls of listening to cast recordings is that you learn the songs from these other performers singing them. And then when you finally get sheet music, if you don't sit there and actually pluck out the melody exactly, you're just learning someone else's interpretation and you never know what the original song is. So I want singers to be informed, to go to the song, the written piece, learn it as it is. And then the lights start turning on as to ah, that's what Adina Menzel was doing with that melody, or that's what Barbara Streisand, who like never sang any song like it was written on the page, what she was doing with it, she made these choices. And maybe I can start making informed choices as well. How would I sing this song? What feels like it needs to happen with this rhythm? Do I need to back phrase this or forward phrase it? Do I want to put an extra breath or a little stop there and have a change of thought um, that makes it sort of take on a new meaning. There's so many different things that you individually get to choose about how you sing. And I think that's so exciting. And so I want to help singers discover that about themselves. I want people, and and I've been on this journey as an artist, trying to figure out what makes me unique compared to other teachers, compared to other music directors and singers and accompanists. Like, how do I how do I measure up? I mean, we're always wondering, are we good enough? And are they better than me? And am I going to, you know, get the work or is somebody else going to get it? Are they going to hire me again? There's like all this negative self-talk and it's, you know, it's a part of being in an industry where you have to continually prove yourself for the next gig. And so I've been on this journey for a long time of really trying to get down to the heart of the matter. What, what do, what do I do better than most people? What, do I love to do? Like what fascinates me? What, what do I want my work to be about? And what are the specific experiences that I've been through and the people that I've met and the shows that I've done and the skills that I've acquired, um, the positions that I've been in for work? I mean, either music work or unrelated work. And how does that make me a totally unique music director, teacher, etc.? And I'm, I'm trying to get my students to start asking those questions about themselves because every one of us has a particular point of view. Every one of us has something special to bring to the table and we're worthy of bringing it to the table. Okay. So to sum up, this podcast is about songs, studying songs, what's on the page, what's the architecture and the music doing? How is that helping the storytelling Um, what genre, what style, how does that fit into musical theater canon in general? And then it's about how to bring the songs to life. So what the performer is doing vocally and with their inner life to make it more textured and three-dimensional and colorful and just more of a complete story. And then it's also hopefully we're going to be discussing the journey of 
finding your unique greatness, of finding your point of view. Yes, you have a specific vocal type and maybe a traditional character type that you play, but what else is in your arsenal, is in your life experience that sets you apart from anybody else? How are we going to be doing that? What's the format? So there will be episodes that are just me talking like this and teaching, you know, ABC and summary. And then there will be interviews with actors, singers, the people that are bringing the songs to life on stage. But also I'm interested in talking to directors and music directors and choreographers and seeing how they interact with the score um, in their realms. And how do you... um, how do you use that to tell the story in their media or in their metier, I guess would be the word. Um, I'm also interested with directors, like how they're thinking of casting, because I always, it's like a, um, a give and take with the director and the music director between how much voice are you going for and how much acting presence. And then the director obviously has the say, so like they have a, maybe a vision of what they're looking for. And you're always trying to sort of help them, Uh, or I'm trying to discover what that is so I can help bring those people to the table as well. The third element, solo shows, interviews, oh, and then coaching. So I love coaching singers on their audition books and going through and taking out the material that isn't serving them or doesn't fit their, you know, their goals. And then being that encyclopedia to say, ah, oh, but have you thought of this song or these shows or this type of work? This is something that you could really do amazing at. So live coachings as well. That's where we're going to start with this podcast. I hope that you will come with me. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about with having such a, a public platform, you know, that I'm going to have opinions about certain performers and shows. And I will just say now, but somebody might find them controversial, but please know that I am never saying anything with a mean spirit or trying to tell someone that they shouldn't be doing what they're doing or they should have done it a different way. I'm just an analyst. And when I hear something, I'm analyzing and I'm pulling it apart and I'm saying like, hmm, I don't know if that was a, the best way to do that. Or uh, maybe they could have done this other thing. But you know what? What's done is done. And that's fantastic. I'm glad people are doing the work. And I think putting yourself on stage in front of people is one of the most vulnerable things you can do. So I would never criticize a singer for doing that. Um, I just wanted to share one controversial opinion because this last week I have been, um, I have been listening and watching Frozen and Frozen 2 pretty much every single day. My son Noah is three and a half years old right now and he is obsessed. So Frozen 2, you guys, the Lopez's have written some super catchy music and I love the storyline of Frozen. There's so many fierce, amazing songs for women. Okay. Positives, you know the disclaimers. However, in Frozen 2, there's too many songs, they're too close together and they don't know when to stop. I can't have every single song be the epic hero moment and that's what they feel like. Specifically this. Okay. Here's where the problem is. You've got two women, Elsa and Anna, and they're both on their own hero's journeys. And I kind of feel like two hero's journeys is tough to fit into a movie and have me be following each one and care about each one enough. So in my mind, I have picked Anna because I think she is really the most 
she is the point of view that we're most following. And that's set from the first Frozen where we're really hearing, do you want to build a snowman from her point of view? And she's the one being shut out. And yeah, you sympathize with Elsa, but you know, you don't get the same inner life um, revealed as you do with Anna. So in Frozen 2, there's that moment when Elsa finally gets to whatever the like the frozen kingdom up north is and she's going in the cave and she's like figuring out like what happened with the dam and that her her grandfather actually killed the um the native person blah 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 and she there the whole moment of her getting there and discovering this is all done in song which for me was confusing i wanted it to be a little bit more like and then this happens and oh i'm hearing this point or i'm seeing this and i'm discovering it and there's like dialogue that's going to help me To get it in song, I had to really pay attention, Um, but that's my own struggle. And then immediately after that, oh, and at the end of the song, Elsa freezes, right? And then she shoots up that light of ice and she freezes solid and you're like, oh no, she died. And then it cuts to Elsa, cuts to Anna and Olaf and they're like in these caves and trying to find Elsa and then Olaf starts flurrying And it's so sad because you realize Elsa's frozen, so her magic is not working anymore. And so Olaf dies, basically, which is super sad. And then Anna is holding him, and then he disappears. And then you realize, or she realizes, I'm all alone. How am I going to do this? I don't know if I can make it. And so she has to sing a song about it. And it's like, Five seconds after the most epic of epic songs that Elsa sang. And for me, like, I don't have it in me as an audience member to listen to Anna's song. I don't care. And no matter how good the song is, in my mind, it I start erasing it and I tune out because I'm still on the journey of having just lost Elsa and Olaf. I feel like they could have just had her, like, hold Olaf and he disappears and she says something about like, oh, now I have to do it on my own. I don't know if I can do this. And then she just picks herself up and she starts going. Like, would that have sufficed? I don't know. Maybe it's because... Okay, so I feel like now I should say, who is this show for specifically? Well, if you're interested in any of what I just talked about, songs, learning about all the genres and the vocal styles and bringing them to life and finding your unique journey, then it's for you. And I would imagine that that means you're a musical theater performer. You are, maybe you're in college studying it and you are fascinated by this. Maybe you are recently out of school. I mean, you're still at that early stage of developing who you are and discovering your unique Um, you know, characteristics as a performer, and this is going to be helpful to you. But I also think it's for performers that are in maybe transition from one type of character to another. I mean, if you've been getting cast as, you know, mainly lighter comedy roles, and you want to start transitioning into dramatic roles, how do you do that? And what material can be that crossover material for you? I think that would be something great to talk about. Um, You might be a teacher, actually, that's wanting to get more ideas and more, um, you know, repertoire in your own ears so that you can give that out to your students. Um, You know, I want everyone to listen, but I also know that um, I'm going to be talking about very specific stuff. So if you're my friend and you're listening to this because it's episode one, thank you. I love you. But you don't have to stay tuned in. If it's not your thing, that's cool. I want 
this to be for the people that are fascinated by the same things so that we can all be on this journey together so that we can build a community. I am on Instagram at studying the song and I'm also at Corey Yamaoka. You can find me at either place. DM me or send me um, an email studying the song at gmail.com. What I'm here for is to help singers. If you want to coach with me, contact me through either of those means. Um, I would love to to meet you. I'd love to answer any questions that you have. If you have topics that you think would be interesting to hear about, send me a message. I will be, you know, putting out stuff on Instagram all the time. And then I'm also trying to build an email list and, you know, serve you in a way that will be helpful to you. So um, if you want to get on the email, you can also visit my website, koryyamaoka.com, and you can sign up there. All right, y'all. I think that's it for today. The next episode is going to be less wandery, I promise, less impressionistic and more teachery. So hopefully just a very helpful episode for you that you can apply to your work. You can find the exact references and links for anything I discuss in the show notes, and that will be available on my website. Again, koryyamaoka.com forward slash podcast. All right, y'all, that's it. I love you. I can't wait to connect with you, and I will see you next time.